kahit ano pang call na mag-move on or mag-move on, o kung ano man, walang mag-move on sa pamilyang to. <laughs> Kasi hindi lang basta connected ang BBM presidency sa Marshallo, literal na anak siya ng diktador na si Ferdinand Marcos Sr. Hello everyone! I hope you are all having a good day. Namiss kong sabihin yun ah. That's right. No? So it's been a while mga kapatid, no? pero nailaban natin <laughs> at, at napagtagumpayan natin ang ating mga busy schedule dahil sa ating uh, showbiz career. <laughs> Joke. No? At uh, nandito tayo sa bagong season ng uh, podcast, Conversations on Philippine History, Politics and Society. Tama! Sa wakas, podcast is back with a new season. Yun naman eh. Sixth season na nga, kaya congratulations. Pero bagong lahat, baka nakalimutan nyo na kami. Kaya magpakilala muna tayo. Hi sa inyong lahat. Ako si Lee. Ako si Vec. Alright. At ako si Aaron. At ako si Bro. So, ano nga ba ang tema ng ating sixth season? Lee. Para sa bagong season nitong ating passion project, bibigyan natin ng focus syempre ang hindi nawawala ng importansya or baka nga totoong mahalagang pag-usapan lalo ngayong mga panahon na ito. Mm-hmm. Ang... Batas Militar o Martial Law? Sakto rin, no? Kasi one year plus into the office pa naman ngayon ng term ni President PBM na talagang nakakonek kahit ano pang sabihin dyan ng iba sa Martial Law. Tama yung sinabi ni bro, ano? Kahit ano pang call na mag-move on or mag-move on o kung ano man, walang mag-move on sa pamilyang to. <laughs> Kasi hindi lang basta connected ang BBM presidency sa Martial Law, literal na anak siya ng diktador na si Ferdinand Marcos Sr., Exactly, no. So kung baga, alam naman natin na magkakakabit, no, yung mga bahagi ng kasaysayan. Pero itong mga nakaraang taon, nakita talaga natin ang mas matinding pangangailangan na himayin at uh, pag-usapan, no, yung martial law dahil nga uh, ano pa man ang sabihin natin, nagtagumpay yung pamilyang Marcos na isa katuparan ang rehabilitation ng imahe ng kanilang pamilya. At marami ng pag-aaral ang nagpakita na sistematiko at talagang parang planado ang lahat ng ito. At makikita nga natin ang culmination ng tagumpay ng paglaganap ng martial law, golden age nostalgia sa landslide victory ni BBM nitong nakaraang eleksyon. Kaya sa season 6 natin, gusto namang i-highlight ng podcast kung paano ba natin maaaral ang martial law from the perspectives ng buhay ng mga individuals na nagkaroon ng papel, na pag-usapan, o may direct impact sa martial law. And of course, this is done without taking away the firm belief on the pivotal role of the nameless or less known people in general who suffered and fought during the dictatorship. Siyempre, to continue to honor their memory and at the same time, hold accountable also the nameless and the less known people na nakinabang naman sa Batas Militar. That's right. No? So, pero to get a handle on a hugely important topic katulad ng Batas Militar, no? ang main goal natin for this season is to primarily spark more conversations about martial law by looking into the lives and experiences of particular individuals no kaya naman yung yung season natin ay may temang o title na na sili ang magbabanggit dahil siya ang bright idea niya to no so siya ang naisip nito no so ang title ng ating season ay ang season na ito ay tatawagin nating shapers and shakers personalities of martial law all right 
Yes. So, kung may nakokornihan po sa title na yan, for the record, sili po ang nakaisip niya. Yes. From the mind that brought you primary sources. <laughs> I mean, sobrang tagal kasi namin pinag-iisipan, no? How to come up with a catchy, imang catchy, pero something that would encapsulate yung buong season na pinaplano namin. Ang hirap mag-isip, no? Um, <laughs> pero magpasalamat na lang tayo at meron tayong naisip na somehow nag-agree tayong lahat no na sakto naman no nakukuha niya yung idea ng nitong season na ito di ba shakers and shapers or rather shapers and shakers kasi gusto nating i-feature itong select personalities and we want to share our thoughts about their role during martial law and together with our listeners tignan natin kung sino nga ba ay shaker or shaper take away shaker of democratic rights bayan o shaper ng oppressive mm-hmm. policies. Ano ba dapat? Paano ba yan dapat i-freeze? Or conversely, shaker of authoritarian rule or shaper of the dictatorship. Kung maga, however you want to frame it, tignan na lang natin how our listeners and how we will form our thoughts about them. Ay, totoo yan. Saka, it's important to, to note that in social sciences at sa history, mayroon talagang mga perspectives and approaches na nagpapakita ng relevance ng pagtingin sa buhay ng mga individuals. Kasi nga, kumbaga, biography and history ay magkaugnay naman talaga. Yes, kasi according to many studies on the connection and relationship of biography and history, kapag ganito yung approach, it also has a way of making the past more human, more vivid, more intimate, more accessible, and more connected to ourselves. I agree, no? And, and di ba, when you look into the lives of individuals, kapag may ganung focus, kung baga, we see that the names that we find in books, no? like for example, ng mga political leaders or heroes or even the those who are casted as villains, diba? Uh, at the end of the day, they are not superhuman in the sense na, na hindi sila iba sa atin, no? But they are also ordinary uh, people, for example, wor- worrying about decisions, no? Uh, attending to their families, no? Juggling balls in the air, no? Or, or putting on their pants one leg at a time, no? So, kumbaga, katulad lang din natin sila. Kumbaga, These are historical personalities, pero we want to humanize them. Diba? Kasi dumidighay din yung mga yan, umuutot din yung mga yan. Diba? Parang tayo lang din yan. No? Um, and to add pa nga, sabi nga ni Peter Stomka, isang sociologist, no, sa kanyang uh, librong Sociology of Social Change, kung di ako nagkakamali, may isang parang chapter doon that talks about great individuals as agents of social change. Kung baga, tinatrain niyang alamin eh kung paano nangyayari yung social change. So, based on the literature, sabi niya, may heroic determinism kung saan it's individuals actually that decide whether change will happen or not. Or social determinism where it's, um, it's a society that, uh, that will decide if change will happen or not. No? Pero para kay Stomka, it's actually a mix of two. Yung tawag parang adaptive evolutionary approach na pinagsasama yung, yung idea na it's society and it's the person as well. But we all agree that there are individuals talaga who have the certain charisma, 
who are in exceptional positions to change society. So, nandoon na rin tayo, no? Itong mga taong pag-uusapan natin sa season na ito ay they're, they're ordinary people by all means. I mean, we are like them, but at the same time, they're exceptional as well. Kasi many of them, not all of them, many of them have this charisma also to influence change in society. Pero... Ito na nga, sa episode na ito, sino ang unang personalidad na pag-uusapan natin? Ang sagot sa ating pagbabalik. Para sa first episode ng ating sixth season, Since we are also releasing this episode close to to August 21, so the first topic is uh, Ninoy Aquino. Parang ang bigat na rin yung pag-usapan, no? Kasi highly polarizing na rin talaga. May pelikula pa nga na Martyr or Murderer, di ba? Yes, there was a point in the history of the Philippines that Ninoy was generally presented as a hero, di ba? Nasa 500 peso bill nga siya, eh. Pero ngayon, sobrang tulad doon sinabi ni bro... Sobrang polarized na yung discussion dahil nga sa madaming pananaw na nasa shape ng competing narratives din about martial law. Yeah. So, napili natin si Ninoy for the first episode kasi nga kinokommemorate natin ang Ninoy Aquino Day for one. So, let's start the conversation quite unconventionally with the end of his life. Noong August 21, 1983, he was assassinated sa Manila International Airport na ngayon ay nakapangalan na or ipinangalan na sa kanya na naiya. Noong uh, bumalik siya sa Pilipinas after living a few years on exile in the United States. So what led to this tragic end? Well, as we all know, no, Ninoy was the leader and arguably the loudest voice of the opposition during the presidential terms of Ferdinand Marcos Sr. and eventually when martial law was was imposed. No? So, ipinanganak si Ninoy sa Tarlac noong November 27, 1932. And he started his professional career as a journalist no, when... Uh, he was doing journalism and, and correspondence work. For example, he was a correspondent with uh, Manila Times, no, and he was actually sent to to Korea during the 1950s, no. And then his uh, political career would start when he won as mayor of Concepcion, Tarlac, no, in 1955. Then, eventually, he became vice governor of the province noong 1959, and then governor by 1961. And, by the way, he was, you know, he was elected to these posts at a very uh, young age, no? Well, in his political career, talagang consummate politician itong si Ninoy, or in other words, trapo, <laughs> traditional politician. Kasi naglipat-lipat ni siya ng party, from nationalista lumipat siya ng liberal. Tama. And from local politics, his national career would begin in 1967 senatorial election when he was the sole opposition winner. And kahit na super minority siya noon sa Senado, he would deliver privileged speeches criticizing Marcos' policies. May mga claims nga noon eh that he was really planning on running for president eventually. 
lalo na after nung second term ni Marcos. Kasi, di ba, Marcos was elected 1965 until uh, 1969. Kasi dati, four-year terms lang under the ano, um, constitution, 1935 constitution. So, may term limits noon that um, a president can only serve two consecutive terms and then after that, hindi na siya pwedeng maging presidente. No? Parang US style, basically. Um, and through those term limits, space would open up for a new president by 1973. And perhaps Ninoy was thinking, this is his chance. No? But as we all know, by 1972, martial law would be declared. Months before that, in 1971... Plaza Miranda bombing happened kung saan na-injure yung maraming opposition senatorial candidates. Hindi pa nun up for re-election si Ninoy, so wala siya dun sa rally. Pero his absence sparked lots of rumors and speculations, especially by anti-opposition forces, na baka may kinalaman siya dun sa incident. Yeah, no, and, and that had a major impact. Uh, kasi when martial law was declared and uh, Ninoy was among the first uh, opposition leaders to be arrested together with uh, Senator Jose Diocno, halimbawa, uh, he was arrested and tried in a uh, military court no, dahil nga martial law na. Kahit na hindi naman siya uniformed personnel, by the way. No, yeah, no, kahit na hindi siya uh, uniformed uh, personnel. No? But uh, he was tried and he was arrested with uh, charges of mutiny, uh, sedition rather, and murder and possession of illegal possession of firearms. No, so and together with many opposition leaders, obviously he became one of the the many political prisoners of of the time. No, so. Halimbawa, he was uh, together with, uh, yung nabanggit natin kanina si Senator Jose Diocno, they were imprisoned in a military installation in uh, Nueva Ecija. Sabi nga ni Cory Aquino sa isang interview, that was probably one of the lowest, if not the lowest points of Ninoy and a rare occasion that he saw Ninoy cry. Here are some words from Cory and Ninoy himself. His most humiliating experience na here is a Senator of the Republic a potential president, stripped naked when he's brought to Fort Magsaysay. His uh, eyeglasses, his wedding ring, everything is taken away from him. He is just issued a, uh, two, two sets of uh, underwear, you know, his briefs and his undershirt, which he is made to wash uh, every morning so that, uh, you know, we can have a clean uh, change every, every day. And that is when he really, um, well, first he asked, that was also his lowest. That was the first time I saw Ninoy cry. And for the first time, I, I thought that we were really defeated. But in the depths of my desolation, I discovered my faith in my God. And it was only then that I realized I'm nothing. I realized that all the pomp, the glory of the Senate were ephemeral. That wealth, that clothing, keeping up with the Joneses was not of this world, really. And having discovered that, I have lost my appetite for power. Ito yung sinasabi natin kanina na we sometimes need to be reminded that these historical figures are at the end of the day humans too. 
So Ninoy, kahit na siya ay nasa kulungan, he continued his opposition and he even went on a hunger strike for 40 days while in prison. He was in prison for a few years already. When in 1977, the military court where he was charged with subversion, murder, and illegal possession of firearms ultimately sentenced him to death by firing squad. Grabe no. Marcos, due to pressures from human rights groups, decided to commute the sentence. And while in prison, he launched his re-election for Senate in 1978. He was allowed to run, pero di siya nangampanya. Ito yung may video yung Batang Chris Aquino na nangangampanya for him along with other family members. Yeah, unfortunately, no, natalo yung opposition coalition ng uh, 1978. Sabi ay due to, of course, mass election fraud. Uh, pero di naman din naging dahilan yung pagkatalo ng opposition slate na yun ng 1978 to, of course, silence the, the opposition. Unfortunately, however, while still imprisoned, no, inatake sa puso si, si Ninoy noong uh, 1980 no so dito niya uh, kinailangan ng heart operation no so uh, he really wanted to go to the United States no and then eventually this was uh, provided to him and that's when he together with his family uh, lived in exile kumbaga So from the start of Marshall in 1972, Ninoy was in prison for eight years bago siya mag-exile sa U.S. But it wasn't the end of his opposition career. He continued meeting opposition forces and even giving speeches sa mga tao. Yeah, at, at yan din yung time na according to, to Corey, no? so they became somewhat of a family, a regular family, quote-unquote regular family, living a somewhat normal life. No, in, in the States. Yes, pero eventually, you know, despite this life of relative peace and please, he decided to go back to the Philippines, which was during a very critical time dahil at this time, Marcos was already sick with lupus. And at this time, also U.S. President Ronald Reagan was about to visit the country. So, ang daming ganap. And in spite of the cancellation of his passport, Ninoy managed to fly. He used fake documents and used the name Marshal Bonifacio. You have to be very ready with your hand camera because yes. this action can become very fast. Yes. In a matter of uh, three, four minutes, it could be all over, you know. And <laughs> I may not be able to talk to you again after this. And indeed, that was what happened. As we said kanina, he was ultimately assassinated. Pagbaba niya ng aeroplano. Yeah, at yung pagkamatay na yun, uh, Ninoy, became a major catalyst for the sustained movement Uh, leading to the fall, the eventual fall of of Marcos. Nagkaroon ng investigative commissions to look into the case. And the third one, the Agrava Commission, proved fearless amidst the political climate. Many speculations were spreading. May nagsasabi na it was General Fabian Ver who was behind it. Some say it was actually in collusion with the Marcoses. Hanggang ngayon, wala pa definitive proof regarding what actually happened. Pero that does not mean na hindi talaga nag-snowball yung distrust sa government. From various sectors, the civil society, the rebel groups, the military, until of course, as we know, the people power revolution. So was Ninoy a shaker or a shaper or both? Alamin natin yan sa ating pagbabalik. 
I think we know the answer to the question, no? Was Ninoy a shaker or a shaper? I think looking back at his political career, he was uh, a shake, both a shaker and a shaper. So after niya mamatay, years down the road, we have had several ways of remembering and commemorating his life and legacy. Meron nga tayong Ninoy Aquino Day. He is in a banknote. The major international airport is named after him. He has monument erected in his honor. And we have multitudes of scholarship written about him, etc. Yeah, no, at marami nga talaga yung mga pag-aaral na yan. No? Pero yung isa sa mga siguro interesting na primary source na pwede natin ma-share sa mga listeners natin kung interested sila ay itong sinulat mismo ni Ninoy uh, when he was in, in prison, when he was a political prisoner. No? So yung title nito ay, it's a compendium, it, it's a testament from a prison cell. No, na na-publish posthumously nung kanyang uh, after ng pagkamatay niya nung 1984. Tama no. Tungkol to in large part sa trial niya under military court and his thoughts while in prison. Kumbaga, this is like an insight sa utak ni Ninoy. Sabi nga sa prologue na isinulat ni Cory and I quote, The book was first published in 1984. Ferdinand Marcos was in the fullness of his power. More so since his most fearless critique, the writer of this book, had been seemingly silenced by a bullet. End of quote. So kung bagano, ito ay parang written at the height of all the social and political upheaval. So interesting to get a glimpse of that. Yes, kasi mahirap din talaga na mag-rely lang tayo sa mga YouTube videos. No, Sana talaga mas balikan natin itong mga primary sources tulad nitong uh, sinulat mismo nga ni Ninoy. And in connection pa rin dyan, no, what is really fascinating and you know, sometimes, of course, troubling is how Ninoy's life and career no, had been so contested to the point that several afterlives uh, have come to fore. No? So, kumbaga. And especially nowadays, his life and, and career had been a source of, katulad ng binabanggit natin kanina pa, a source of, of much uh, heated polarization. True. Dito rin makikita yung power of memory and memory of power, kumbaga. And how narratives can shape how we understand the past. Kasi we can argue na for the immediate years after the fall of the dictatorship, there was a general consensus about Ninoy's heroism. Yun yung uso. Tama, pero with the proliferation of new and competing narratives, especially yung dilawan discourse kung tawagin, and the hordes of fake news, hindi na ganito yung scenario, lalo na sa kamalayan ng general public. Which to me calls for a continuous examination and re-examination of our history and the need to sustain these types of conversations about martial law in general and the life of some of the key people involved. Kaya naman itutuloy natin yung ganyang uh, mga type ng usapan dito sa sixth season ng podcast as we also reflect on the impact of, of course, human agency and how our decisions and how our lives come into contact with history and ripple beyond our time. Okay, I think with that, pwede na natin i-end itong unang episode sa season natin. Sa ating mga listeners, continue supporting podcasts and follow us sa aming social media platforms. By the way, nasa threads na rin kami bukod sa Facebook, IG, Twitter, at LinkedIn. At andyan pa rin ang ating website, podcast.org, and our YouTube channel, Podcast TV. 
hit the subscribe button, mga castmates. Alright, so itutuloy natin ang ating mga kwentuhan tungkol sa mga shakers and shapers na ito next week. Thank you everyone and as always, have a good day.